Welcome back to A Sharper Life, the podcast that will ignite your passion for personal growth and empower you to live a life of purpose and fulfillment. I am your host, Nikki Sharp, a two-time bestselling author, wellness expert, and transformation coach. And I am here to guide you on a transformational journey that will help you unlock your full potential. Each week, A Sharper Life explores topics such as improving your relationships through Tantra, enhancing your brain health and how to navigate challenging times. And yes, these are all past episodes. So head on through the archives to check them out. Now, by subscribing to the Sharper Life podcast, you will gain access to wisdom that can truly transform your life. But here's the important part. I need your help to continue bringing this valuable content to you and others. So if you enjoy the show, please hit the subscribe button. Please leave a review and let me know what you liked about the show. And better yet, if you enjoy the episode, share it with a friend, a family member, or someone that you think might find it valuable. So today I wanted to talk about the five self-care non-negotiables. And these are going to be things that you're probably not going to hear anywhere else. And this has taken me many years to get to this place to understand these concepts and why they are so valuable. Now, as I am a wellness expert, I've written two books and I have helped countless people transform their lives through their weight, through their relationship with food, relationships, among many other things, I have learned that we have the wrong view when it comes to self-care. And so in today's shorter episode, I wanted to give you these tips that I know are going to enhance your life. And they are going to be things that I want you to start implementing today. Now, I am not going to sit here and tell you to just go take a bubble bath or meditate or journal. Those are cliche. And let's be real. You have heard them before. You know that you should meditate. You know that you should be eating healthy food. You know that you should be exercising. And the thing is, if it was so easy, we would all be doing the right things. And so when I look at self-care, there must be something missing, right? There must be something missing because there are so many people out there that are living lives that they just don't like, that they're not happy with their body. And I want you to think about yourself as I list these five non-negotiable self-care tips, because I want to know if you are doing these. And I want to know that where are you in your life right now? Because I can already guarantee that you know the correct things to be doing. I don't need to tell you to go drink more water. I don't need to tell you to go for that walk. You already know to do that. And so with these tips, I'm hoping to expand your horizons and help you think about self-care in a different way. So number one, my top tip, and these are in no particular order, by the way, but my number one self-care non-negotiable tip is you need to get very good at setting boundaries. And why is this so important for self-care, right? Why is this important? Boundaries, does this really have to do with having the body you want or hitting that number on a scale or feeling more physically fit? Well, it has everything to do with it. And the reason that boundaries are so vitally important is because I want you to picture a house. 
a house, not the inside of the house, but I want you to picture a house. There are four walls to it and there are windows and there is a door. Now, when we do not set boundaries, that is essentially leaving the doors and the windows open for anyone to come into your house at any time. And then the thing that happens is that we get frustrated when someone is entering our house. It's like, hey, wait, give me my space. Let me do my thing. But the problem is that you have allowed people to come into your house at any time of day by not closing the door and not closing the windows. And so essentially, what is a boundary? And this is not the definitive term. This is just how I perceive it. A boundary is essentially closing that door and opening it when you feel like it. So what does this mean in practical terms? Well, let's say that you are out with a group of friends and they are going and they're going to start drinking and you just know that you're going to wake up and feel like shit the next day if you do that. The boundary never has to do with someone else and what you think they need to do. A boundary is all about what you yourself are doing for you. And the reason that we set boundaries is that we can then show up as our best self. And so what would this look like in that example with your friends? Well, the boundary is not going to be, hey, guys, hey, my friends, you guys should not drink more. The boundary would be, I'm going to have two drinks or one drink or maybe no drinks. And I'm going to go out and have fun until I decide I'm not, you know, that I don't want to be there anymore. And then I'm going to go home. And so the boundary is that you're keeping that with yourself, sticking to that one or two drinks or whatever it is. And where boundaries get kind of slippery is that it's like, oh, but I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. One more drink won't hurt. And I want you to think about that in your life where you're like, oh, I'll stay out for one more hour or I'll have that one more drink or I'll, I'll have that, you know, the dessert, even though I didn't really want it just because someone else was ordering it. So boundaries are going to help you show up as your best self. Now, I want to give you a few examples of boundaries that I have set in my life. When it comes to my relationship, in any relationship that you're going to be in, there are going to be times where you need to show up for you in order to show up as your best self later for that person. And so something that my husband and I actually had set in the beginning of our relationship, which was so beautiful, he had told me that on Mondays and Tuesdays, he was going to be working late. And in working late, that was the boundary. And so for me, he's now closed that door so that meaning I, I have the choice, right? As the other person, if I'm going to go and try and break that boundary, it's his job to stick to that. But here's the cool thing about boundaries. When we set them, people do respect them, but they only respect them if you hold true to your boundary. And so by doing that, my husband was able to then show up for me later in the week with more presence, more energy. And how this looks like for me in my life is I know that if I go out with a group of friends and this has actually happened with my husband and his friends, they are a wonderful group of people and they have a really good time and they can go day after day and go to dinners and do these things. And for me, because I'm an only child, because I'm used to being by myself and because I'm also very sensitive to energy and I also like to sleep earlier and wake up earlier to go for runs and things like that. I have learned that my boundary is that I cannot go to dinner with them, you know, five nights in a row. So I might say, hey, I'll go out for the first two nights. The next night, I'm going to stay home. 
So notice my boundary is not telling my husband he can't go out. My boundary is that I'm not going to go out so that I can actually show up as my best, vibrant, healthy, fulfilled self the next day. And so boundaries are going to help you with your self-care because when we lose our boundaries, we start to let all of these things into our life, which then makes us feel more tired. It makes us eat things that we don't necessarily want to. And I want you to think about your own life right now. How often have you gone out to dinner with a friend and you end up eating things that you didn't necessarily want to just because the other person was? And I know this happens with clients often where they'll go out and look at what their friend or partner or whoever is ordering and be like, oh, well, I want that. But the boundary for you is that you know if you have that very thing, you're not going to feel well. And so the boundary might just be, hey, I'm going to have one bite of the dessert, not the full thing. So boundaries are going to be an incredibly important thing in your self-care. And if boundaries were easy, everyone would be doing them. They are not as easy as we want them to be because we don't want to disappoint people. I have so many clients who will give up their time and energy to drive their parents or friends to and from the airport. And so the boundary might be, hey, I would love to pick you up, but I actually just can't. Right. So maybe you offer to pay for a taxi if that's the case, or maybe you just tell them, Hey, can you get your own Uber? Or you negotiate change. So within boundaries, negotiating change also is going to be a really big thing. But I really want you to think about your life and boundaries right now. How often do you stick to them? How often do you set them and not stick to them? And what would one or two boundaries look like for you right now today that would help you in your self-care routine. So number two on this is doing things because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. Now, let me explain this. When I was going through my eating disorders, the body dysmorphia, all the things, and I work with clients day in and day out with this same concept that you are going to the gym because you don't like your body. You are dieting because you don't like your body. And what I can already tell you is that if you are doing something because you don't like yourself, you are not going to see the results that you want. But here's the cool thing. If you switch and change your mindset to, I'm going to do this because I love myself and because I love my body enough to change it, not because I'm changing it because I don't like it, but because I love myself that I want to improve, you will start to see the results. And that is because the law of attraction and the law of attraction states that like attracts like. And so if you have the, the, I guess, mindset of, I hate myself, I hate my body. And I want you to think about this deeply with me as I say it. If you don't like your body right now, what are the feelings and emotions that come up? Typically, it's going to be disgust. It's anger, right? It's frustration. It's stress. Now, I want you to think about if you're feeling these emotions of anger and, and disgust within yourself, are you more or less likely to go and eat something you shouldn't if you're already feeling angry at yourself? Well, typically... If you don't like yourself and you're feeling a negative emotion towards your body or your relationship, you are more likely to go and self-sabotage. And I remember in my own journey, I had this huge aha, like a clicking moment 
where I used to restrict, restrict, restrict. And then because I was restricting so intensely because I didn't like my body, I would end up binging. And then when I would binge, I would go to the gym for two hours. I would do an hour of cardio and then I would go to 30 minutes to 60 minutes of weights. And I can tell you, I did not see the results that I wanted. Why is that? I'm working out like crazy. I think I'm eating healthy. Well, the reason is because I was basically using exercise as a punishment when it came to my body. So exercise was the punishment because I didn't like myself. Do you do that? Do you exercise or do you diet because you don't like yourself? Well, if so, you are doing it as a punishment. And a punishment, if you remember from childhood, does not have positive connotations to it. So what I ended up doing, and it was hard, it took practice, like all things, it takes practice. I decided if I binged, I was not going to go to the gym. And you might be thinking, Nikki, that's crazy. I couldn't do that. Why would I do that? But here's the thing about when you are a kid, when you are a child, you loved to go outside in nature. You love to exercise. And I don't mean exercise in the form that we as adults think it of like, oh my God, okay, I need to go for that 20, 30 minute run. I need to go to the gym. When you were a kid, you have an abundance of energy and you would run and play. And when the bell went off for recess, you would go outside. And part of the thing with this is as we get older, we start to think about moving our bodies as it needs to be quote unquote exercise. And what I want you to do is switch it from it needs to be exercise to what did I enjoy doing when I was a kid? Did I enjoy just going outside? Did I enjoy being with my parents, going for walks? Did I enjoy soccer? Or maybe it was just running around the park or chasing after my dog. What was it that you enjoyed doing? And that's what I want you to bring into your life today because we have to change the modality of what you think about exercise and what you think about eating. And so something that I learned with this and this mindset shift was it was really hard because I would binge and I would be sitting there like, oh my God, I want to go to the gym. But instead, what I found was that when I did eat well, I had more energy. I felt better. And I naturally wanted to move my body going for walks, right? As simple as that. And so it became a practice where now you will never find me exercising because I hate myself. You will find me doing movement because I love how it makes me feel. And so I want you to really shift your mentality on this and think about, are you doing things in your life? Self-care, are you doing the journaling, the meditation, the yoga, the things because you have to. The word I have to, or the words I have to, I need to, that is already telling me that you have a negative connotation to the very thing you're doing. And you will not see the results you want if you have to do it versus you get to. I want to. So now, at least in my life, it's I want to work out today. I want to go to the gym. I want to go outside and get fresh air. And notice even the energy changes around that. So I would really encourage you just to take a, a, piece, of pen, a piece of paper and a pen and just write down what are the things that you're doing because you hate yourself. 
and see if you can start switching the, the, your mindset mentality around, I'm going to do this because I love myself. So what are the words that need to change around this? Now, number three is I want you to create a self-love list. And this is something that we do in the Ultimate Transformation Program, and it is incredibly helpful. I remember when I came up with this, it was so hard in moments where I just didn't like myself. I didn't like my body. I had binged. I just felt like shit, honestly, and whatever was coming up. And when you're in that mindset and the spiral downwards, it's hard to be like, okay, I'm just going to go for a walk right now. I'm going to feel better because we automatically go to the more sabotaging habits because those are the quick fixes to make us feel good. So in your life, how often do you not feel good? And then it's like, well, I'm going to reach for that piece of, you know, the piece of pizza or the cake or something or alcohol, or I'm going to go shopping. And that's because it is an immediate dopamine hit. Now, the problem with that is the dopamine hit also goes away as quickly as you found it. And so Instead of that, I'm going to ask you to do something with me here. I want you to go and take the five love languages quiz. And when you do the five love languages quiz, quiz, you're going to find out what are your top love languages. And once you do this, I want you to write down what are all of the different things that you would love to receive from a partner? What are all of the different things? So let's say it's gifts. You love flowers. You love being taken out to dinner. You love getting maybe a, a spa gift card. What about physical touch? Physical touch would also kind of be the same as the gift of like massages, right? Someone just massaging your shoulders or your head or your scalp or painting your nails, whatever it might be. Let's say it's words of affirmation. And for words of affirmation, what are the exact things that you want to hear from your parents or from friends or from your partner, things like, man, I'm so proud of you. I just love what you're doing today. Or you look so beautiful because. So I want you to get really specific in writing these down. So what you're going to do is everything that you put on your list is going to now become part of your self-love list. That whenever you're feeling down, whenever you're feeling like shit about yourself, I want you to look at this. And I want you to go and choose one thing on that list to do in that moment. And what happens with this, and we, we really do expand this in, in UTP, and it's a, like my list is an entire page so that anytime I'm feeling down, I can go there and any one of these things I know is going to make me feel better. And the key is that I want you to write this list when you are feeling good, when you're feeling joyful, because that's what you're going to be bringing in when you're not feeling good. And this has to do with self-care and a non-negotiable because again, if you're going and you're binging and you're shopping or you're doing whatever it is, that is getting you actually further and further away from what you want to feel on a full-time basis or as often as possible, which is joy and happiness and fulfillment. Because when we binge, right, when we go shopping and spend money, when we do these sabotaging behaviors, they feel good in the moment and 10, 15, 20 minutes later or a day later, we don't feel so good. So the self-love list is going to be a really, really powerful thing that you do. And just like I talked about in point number one of the boundaries, part of the boundary for yourself is that going to the list, putting it on the fridge and doing the thing on the list. So point number four is that I want you to do at least one thing for yourself daily. 
So often I work with clients who say they want to start waking up earlier so they can journal and meditate, take their supplements, go work out. Right? That's a lot of things to do first thing in the morning, especially if you have kids or especially if you don't like to wake up earlier. And so instead of waking up earlier, I want you to get clear on, does it help for you to do something at night or is it really in the morning? Like journaling, you do not need to just journal in the morning. I don't know why people think this, that like only journaling in the morning counts. You can journal at any time of day. If you have a big emotional experience come up, take five minutes, take out a piece of paper and write down what's on your mind. Get it out of your head. I personally love to journal at night. I love meditating right before bed because it calms my mind down and I find that I actually sleep way better. But when I say I want you to do at least one thing, here's going to be the key. So that self-love list that we are just talking about, I want you to come up with both a night and a morning routine, choosing, I don't know, five to 10 things from that list. And it could be anything from taking my supplements, drinking a cup of warm lemon water, to journaling, to meditating, maybe an inner child work, looking in the mirror, telling myself, you know, hey, I'm so proud of you. And I want you to write this down. Now, here's the cool thing. You do not need to do every single thing on this list. And what happens so often is that I see clients come in and they try to do it all. And when they don't have time, they do nothing. How often do you do that? How often do you not have time in the morning to do the 30 minute workout? And so you say, fuck it, I'm not going to do anything, right? Because 10 minutes, well, that's not worth it. So what you're going to do from this list is highlight one thing from both the morning and night that if you have five or 10 minutes only, that's all you're going to do. Because guess what? Little habits stack up over time. They compound and they make you feel good. And when you feel good, you have more confidence. And when you have more confidence, you start doing more of the same good things for yourself. And so part of this is instead of just journaling every day, maybe if you're just, you have no time in the morning, all you're going to do is make a smoothie. That's it. That's all I want you to do. Or maybe it's just taking your supplements. Maybe it's just drinking that glass of water when you wake up. And what will happen, I guarantee when you do this, is that on other times when you have a bit more time in the morning, like let's say on a weekend, or let's say you don't go out on a Wednesday night and you're at home and you're like, what do I do? What should I do tonight? You look at that list and you're like, oh, you know, I could journal. I actually have some extra time for that. I could spray some lavender on my pillow right now. No, I could take a bubble bath. I could, you know, say some mantras or intentions out to myself. There are is so many numerous things and it's going to be different for every single person. But having these lists somewhere that you can see them and highlighting one thing, this is going to make your life so much easier instead of the all or nothing mentality. And that's part of what we're trying to get out of from here. All or nothing mentality turns into black and white mentality, which turns into fuck it mentality. And I'm trying to help you escape that because the all or nothing mentality will not get you any closer to what you want. It is the small habits that we do daily that will. So number five, and the last on my list, although there are many, many more, but these are the five non-negotiables, is learning to sit with your feelings and emotions. And yes, this is harder than it sounds because 
most human beings don't like to sit with discomfort. And so a simple way to put this is that a feeling, a lot of people mix up feelings and emotions. A feeling is literally something that you feel in your body. So let's say you feel anger. I want you to get still clear instead of immediately going and numbing and distracting yourself with whatever it is. Take a few breaths and check in. Where do I feel this? Do I feel it in my shoulders or my neck? Do I feel it in my jaw? Do I feel it in my solar plexus? Or maybe I feel it in my heart. Maybe I feel it in my lower back or maybe is there a pain in my leg? Interesting. And so you sit with the feeling. The more that you can sit with the feelings, the easier it will be to actually then remove them so that this heavy emotional feeling is not sitting with you. And kind of the next step, and this is where you get into the somatic body work, is you focus on the feeling. And you actually close your eyes and you breathe into it and you focus all your attention onto it and you send it love. And so let's say you're feeling pain in your neck. Instead of avoiding the discomfort, I want you to lean into it. And the more that you can lean into discomfort, the quicker it will go away. And this is what happens when we numb and distract. You are uncomfortable. You don't like that feeling. And so you go do something to try to make yourself better. The problem is it doesn't get rid of the feeling and the emotion. So emotions are reactions that you experience in response to events or situations. And the type of reaction and experience is determined by the circumstances that trigger that emotion. So for instance, when a person feels joy or good news, you're going to feel that emotion, right? That joy, you get good news. And it's like, there's, there's a joyful feeling, association, emotion. And this is where they're very closely intertwined. And when you feel like you've been threatened or someone is coming into your breaking in your house, or just the thought of that, there is fear that comes up, right? It's feeling threatened. And so getting clear on where that is, the feeling associated to the emotion in the body. So if I were to ask you, when you feel happy and joyful and in love, where do you feel that in the body? And how would you describe it? How do you describe the emotional experience of joy and happiness of feeling and love? And then again, where do you feel it in your body? Now, let's say you just received some really bad news. Where do you feel that in the body? And what is the emotional experience coming up? And so one of the things that I really love is getting clear where's the feeling in the body, but two, using the emotional wheel. And I have really started using this a lot lately. And it is a game changer because instead of just saying, you know, I'm feeling, I don't know, I'm feeling stressed. Okay. What am I really feeling with that stress? Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling overwhelmed actually. Interesting. Okay. So I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then I personally, I backtrack and I'm like, why, why do I feel overwhelmed? What led to these overwhelmed feelings? And then I, I'll go and I'll, and this is where the journaling comes in handy. And I'll sit there and be like, okay, well, you know, I worked more hours than usual yesterday. I didn't get as much sleep as I needed to. 
I felt frustrated this morning, let's say gotten a crunchy with my husband, or I received some, you know, irritating news on, on an email. And so all of these little things kind of stack up and then poof, I feel overwhelmed versus let's say I'm feeling joy and elation, or I'm excited. You do the same thing. Okay. What made me feel joyful in this moment? Oh, you know, I had such a good conversation with someone or I did a podcast episode and I just felt so in line and in tune with it. And it made me feel joyful. Okay. So next up, where do I feel that joy in my body? And so for me, what's interesting is when I feel joy, it's like this tingly sensation literally throughout my full body. When I feel sadness, it goes into my heart chakra and my solar plexus. And so getting clear on your feelings and emotions is going to help you prevent the self-sabotage. Then if you're starting to feel those overwhelmed emotions or the, the more heightened of the quote unquote negative ones, you can go and become a detective into your own life of why am I feeling this? What led me to get there? And then you go to your self-love list and you choose one thing or you look at that list for morning and night and you say, okay, you know what? I am having a shitty morning. I'm going to do one thing on my list. Or maybe you know that because you're having a crappy morning, you need to give yourself a little more time and space and compassion to do maybe three of those things. And then the boundaries where that comes in is let's say you're having that bad morning. The boundary is that instead of jumping straight into work, my boundary is I'm giving myself 20 minutes uninterrupted time to journal. Or maybe the boundary is, man, I am feeling overwhelmed. And I now realize I can't go to dinner tonight with my friends. It's just going to, it's going to make me feel even more tired. Or maybe the boundary becomes because I'm not feeling good and I have a tendency to isolate, which I now know because I've done the journaling about my feelings and emotions and where that's coming in. And you know that on your self-love list that seeing friends or talking to a friend on a phone always makes you feel good. Then it's okay. You know what? I'm going to reach out to a friend. And so doing all of these things is going to have a transformative effect on your life far more than sitting there and saying, I need to, I should, I have to, I must go work out, or I don't like my body. Therefore, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to hope to see changes. And if you do all of these, they take practice. But if you do them, I guarantee, because I've seen it with every single client that I work with, your life will transform in ways that you could have never imagined far more than just going to quote unquote meditate or doing the all or nothing mentality. So I hope that you resonate with this episode. I hope that it was informative for you. I would love to know, is there anything that you would add to these for the non-negotiable self-care list? And please send me a DM on Instagram at Nikki Sharp. You can also write me a review here. Let me know. I love, love, love hearing from you. And until next week, here's to a sharper life. 